drawing connection between the revolution's many parts were its own challenge. Both because we're a house built with uncommon brick, and because of the family's desire to keep us disparate. Ezra and Orkin wouldn't be the only ones to find trouble. As our messengers worked their way across the rooftop, through the curtain, down the canal, the Swifts swarmed like their namesakes, looking to pick us off. Over on Last Reach, the cells filled up. There were barely aught that we could do to fight it, but there are times when all you can do is push on. Trying to keep up, knowing your enemy is winning and that they have control. You ever hear a brass, not the metal, but the game, called after the pipes we'd used to play it. Every factory, every dockhouse, every workshop in Embrace had their own team. Me, Ezra and Ivor had played together for a while. None of us particularly good at the game, but now and then, Ivar could throw a stealer and Ezra would give it a good welly. Anyway, sometimes you'd face a team that were just playing better than you. Perhaps it was skill or an individual player or, often as not, a factory owner or a sponsor had taken a shine into a team and saw it as a point of pride to make them as good as possible brought in workers to play for them and, and given them shiny bats and new hats. You'd step out onto the field and if you weren't careful, you'd just get mullered before you'd even swung in earnest. We got good at dealing with those kinds of teams. See, if you play it well, then brass ain't decided by much. The trick were to hang in and conserve your energy then, when the other team tired, when they made a mistake, you swung hard and run, and then so with the next player and so with the next. Sometimes though, all that planning and strategy wouldn't stand for much. You get unlucky with a swing, or you spot the wrong moment, or it's that one time out of hundred, and you'd miss an easy catch. There are times where being a radical ain't much different to that. You're some scrappy team, with none of the shine and shimmer of the people you're fighting and you don't have the privilege of control. Our lives were the lives of near misses. Sometimes Kadroya calls for what it's owed. That factory should have been quick and it should have been simple. Us lot have done jobs like it half dozen times before. But it went bad. Sometimes that just happens. I guess more than all, I'm thankful that Ezra still had a few scraps of luck to cling on to, and I could get to my door before the Swifts caught up with him. Welcome to these Flimsy Rituals, an actual play podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today are Elizabeth Simones. Hey, I'm Ziz. You can find me on Twitter at Games. Beck Mihalik. Hi, I'm Beck, and you can find me on Twitter at r underscore Mihalik. Ryan Evans. Hey, I'm Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at BrainXray. Steve Martin. Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm on Twitter at purple underscore Steve. And Thryn Henderson. Hi, I'm Thryn, and you can find me on Twitter at Thryn. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can follow me on Twitter at @tdixon, Dixon, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Flimsy Rituals. 
Today we're continuing our game of Blades in the Dark by John Harper. We're coming off the back of two scores. First was the Minister score, in which Nia, Ivar, and Ash broke into a minister's house and found some stuff underneath it that shouldn't have been there. And nothing else happened. Everything's fine. It was it was smooth, smooth and, and simple. Uh, it was all good. I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> I uh, I don't know if we can be throwing any stones there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so the other score was uh, Oaken and Ezra's... I don't know. what. How do you explain that score? What happened there? It, it was... In technicality, a sabotage. <laughs> Were you sabotaging or being sabotaged? Look, no no questions. The rest of your work went really well. You managed to convince a bunch of revolutionaries to join your course, but... Yeah, and we emotionally connected. That's the important thing, yeah. <laughs> you emotionally connected and then Oaken got ripped through a void. Never to be seen again, maybe? Who knows? This is why we can't have friends. yeah that's a very open thing to say okay so today we are going to continue with our downtime i think in the previous episodes we've kind of had this be the few weeks after a score i think today if if this sounds interesting i'm just imagining this as being directly after those scores happened so it's not necessarily the time to group up it's like the score's ended, what are you doing to get yourself well, and then we'll we'll go to where we're going next. Does that sound good? Sounds about right, yeah. Sounds good to me. Okay. So when we do downtime, we do set of steps. We've done some of this off screen, so we'll just more or less summarise it, so you can follow along with what's happening. So the first thing that happens is we do payoff. The crew earns rep and coin for their successfully completed scores. I think what we've said in terms of rep is that the crew earns four rep for the minister score and five rep for the factory score. Mostly that's just based on the tier of targets. And then for coins, uh, I think both of your scores earn you six coins. So you get to divide that amongst yourselves and the crew how you like. Anyone have any thoughts? Um, where did the, the coin come from, I guess? Yeah, so with the score for the vials, that was the Flint Street Nappers were paying. They were being paid eight coin for the job, and then they took two for themselves for feeding you that job. For the factory score, I think that six coin is a mix between, I imagine, your general stipend for being revolutionaries. I imagine the maybes are probably funded to some degree, and I think the other half of it is Amrus giving you some payment. I think... The coin from our score probably can just all go straight into the jubilant maybe pot, because I don't think Ezra's keeping money from their ma'am, and <laughs> Oaken's not here, so <laughs> that's crew money, baby. Your crew could only have three more money in it, so three of it can go to the crew? Uh, let's give three to the crew, um... I will take one, and Oaken, do you want to? I feel like we can say we got paid in advance. Oh, that would be clever. That'd be a clever thing to do. And then Ezra gave the leftover to Oaken in the hopes he might buy some new clothes or bathing products. <laughs> well, not buy either. Only spear polish. And the other side? How are you splitting up your coin? 
well, I mean, this wasn't a a, a maybe job, was it? We should uh, just split it three ways. I need a new coat, so yeah. it's it, it's it's all going to get spent almost immediately. So it's <laughs> so after payoff is heat. Heat is how much exposure you get from your missions. You already earn quite a bit on the mission from Devil's Bargains, I think, and effects. And then you're also going to earn heat from each score. I think we're going to do what we did last time. So you get the highest heat plus half of the other heat. So I think we worked this out for the factory job. It was loud and chaotic, a connected target, and killing was involved. So you gain seven heat from that. And then the minister job was also loud and chaotic, and killing was also involved, so you get six total for that. So that's three, because that one gets halved, so it's ten total heat. We have gone up a wanted level. Told you not to trust us, likelihood lads. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a mistake. We shouldn't, we shouldn't let them come along next time. I liked them. I thought they were a lot of fun. We just need to stop killing people. That would be um, advisable. I would love it if we could stop killing people. That would be superb. I think we should kill more people, and that'll solve it. <laughs> Your feedback is noted. Uh, so the other part we get from the heat is we get to roll an entanglement. So would someone like to roll a number of dice equal to your wanted level, which is two, and we'll see what your entanglement is for this downtime. I feel like it should happen. It should be the other score. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely all their fault. Yeah. Do it. You do it. You guys do it. Mm -hmm. We did nothing. <laughs> Excuse me. We only got three heat because of the system we made up. Yeah. Oh, no. Thrin. Is that good? I hope you're all happy. Oh, so it's the highest dice, which is a six. <laughs> oh, no. Why? You crit, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Critical consequences. Oh, no. Oh no. Okay, so I will read out what this is and then I'll try and work out how we're going to do this. Because what you've just rolled, my friends, is arrest. What? Oh! Oh boy. What? An inspector presents a case file of evidence to a magistrate to begin prosecution of your crew. The Swifts send a detail to arrest you, a gang at least equal in scale to your wanted level. You can pay them off with coin equal to your wanted level plus three. You can hand someone over for arrest, clearing your heat, or you can try to evade capture. What, is, what does the last one mean? You would have to do some rolling, basically. Just on the run straight into the cat. Yeah, yeah. This feels like it could work its way into my planned downtime actions thematically appropriately. Yeah. But it's up to you. Yeah, I think knowing what your planned downtime actions are, because we've spoken about them a little bit off screen, I think maybe we roll it into that. I mean, I this is on me, so... I think let's jump to that scene, because downtime is next, and start with Ezra. I think maybe to paint this with this entanglement, we, we've described Calvary Ward as being full of swifts. They are patrolling this place heavily because it's believed to be one of the hotbeds of revolutionaries and radicals. And maybe immediately after the score, we get you running through the streets, not knowing where Oaken is, just trying to avoid these heavy patrols. I think it's nighttime. There's probably just been a big explosion behind you as well. This isn't just you avoiding patrols. This is 
them actively searching the streets for you, trying to to catch you and arrest you. Cool. Okay, yeah. Um, I am making my way through a very roundabout route to Nilcat's house at god-awful o'clock in the morning, <laughs> covered in building rubble, soaked through with sweat and tears, and possibly crying. Who knows? <laughs> Do we have an image of where Nilcat lives? I imagine it's a bit of like a nowhere neighbourhood in in Calvary, right? Yeah, and I think we described Calvary before as being just a warren of different alleys and dead ends, and no one's built this in a planned and considered way. Yeah. And then you've got the cut bleeding through it as well. So it's probably just like you turning down a street, and like suddenly there's a door there that is Nilcat's house, and you don't necessarily get to see a lot of the building from the outside. Yeah. Is is Calvary the one that's kind of built a lot within the, the ribcage of the remnant? It's the one that's built within the skull. Oh, the skull. Yeah. yeah. And you was in some bones. Yes, yeah. Um, I like to imagine then that Nilcat lives on maybe the second or third level up of Calvary. Like, there are streets yep. kind of built into the inside and the outside of the skull. Yeah. I imagine there's a lot of open space near where, like, the eye sockets is, but, like, in the nose of the skull, there's... It almost is a self-supporting structure, so people have built, like, layers. And yeah, we get this shot of you running or climbing up a few different ladders to get to the, to the top of this sort of tiered housing and knocking on Nilcat's door. I think it's surprisingly quick that he answers. I think Nilcat is a man who is extremely used to people knocking on his door at weird hours. And you see Nilcat I think wearing his pyjamas just opened the door to you. Nilcat wears pyjamas. I think he's, he's, he's like slung on some like, what are those called? Like the long underpants, like the very Victorian. Long Johns. Long Johns. Yeah. Long Johns. Yeah, he's, he's wearing Long Johns and nothing else. Cool. Oh. <laughs> Superb. Um, okay, yeah, that was a quicker answering the door than Ezra was possibly expecting. So I think they pause halfway to lighting a cigarette with a shaking hand. Nilcat grabs you with two arms and is like, looks around behind you. He's like, come, come in, come in. I think he can tell that you are not in the best of shape. Is it the blood or the building rubble? What gave me away? I think the building rubble. I think the blood, Nilcat has obviously seen you after a fight and is less bothered about that. The building rubble, though, is it's like a, okay, cool. This this looks like more than just a fight. I think it's like long minutes before Ezra says anything and they just watch this match burn down in their hand and as it, as it reaches their fingertips, they kind of drop it to the floor and mutter, a lost token. Has he been arrested? Um. What happened? Lay out to me what happened. Well... It was all right, and then we went to the last meeting, and that was less all right, because you didn't tell me it was going to be my mam, which would have been pertinent information, Nils, but it's it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's... You, you, you didn't know that your mam was leading the painted ants? We'll talk about it later. E everyone knows that. We'll talk about it later, Nils. She needed us to do a job so she'd come to meeting and I knew you needed everyone there. So I said yes and I thought it would be all right, but it, it wasn't. 
as all right as I wanted it to be, and and then we did it, I think, but we might we might have killed some swifts, which is not amazing, obviously, and Oaken is gone. So fuck. I think as you're talking, Nilcat is rustling around through this room. I think Nilcat's house has two rooms. One of the rooms is his bedroom, and then there's this other room which is both like a living room, dining room, kitchen space, but also most of it is just a workshop, and there's just bits of clutter and machinery everywhere. And he's just rustling around for a while, and then finds a bottle of some kind of spirit and like puts it on the table in front of you. I think the table is is some machine that Nilcat is currently working on. Right, let's... Orkin's gone. What do you mean? Like, Orkin gone. Like, he was there, and then he wasn't there, and I couldn't find him, and the building had exploded, so if he did come back, that wouldn't be great, but I don't... I don't I don't think he did, because... It, it, it's, it's okay, it's okay. And, like, Nilcat starts to think to himself... Provenders, it must it must be them. That that's who you took them off, right? It's them that's got access to the cut. I bet it's them. Okay. We can deal with that. I'll I'll put some feelers out. I'll try to work out what's going on. We'll 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 get him back. We're not letting Provenders and Nimshif or whoever the hell they're working with. We're not letting them have him. We kill some Swifts, Nils. I don't. I think we need help. Yeah. Why did you leave him with us? Why? There's other maybes, Nilcat. I know we're not the best at this. I think Nilcat unscrewed a bottle and pours you both a glass. There you are. Drink some of that. More study of other people organising me. They look at you, the jubilant maybe, and they'd agree with you and say you're not the best, but me, I think you are. You know why I put you in charge of that lot, right? You're the only one I could trust to look after any of them. We ran together for years, Ezra. When shit goes down, there's no one else I'd rather have there than you. You care for people, and I don't know whether I could say as much for anyone else who's running a maybe right now. They're good, don't get me wrong, but there's a reason that they're running a group of radicals, you know? I think Ezra laughs and takes a glass of whatever it is Nilka offered, downs it, immediately pours a second, and then fishes a new match out to actually light this cigarette and breathes very deeply for a minute before being like, well, I'm doing a bang-up job. I don't know where Ivar is. I ain't seen Ash and he won't talk to me even if we have. Nia's... Nia... And now I've lost literally a mythical hero. <laughs> yeah, but you found him in the first place. You say Ash is pissed off with you. I remember the first day that he turned up wanting to volunteer to be in one of the maybes. And I thought, if I give him to any of the other ones, he'd be dead within a week. They'd put him out on the streets and he'd get into some fire and that'd be it. And Nia, well, I never really knew what to do with Nia, and I know that you don't necessarily like him. I'm not sure if I do either, but but every time I meet Sam, there's something defiant at say heart, and you've helped kindle that. All right. All right, shut up, yeah, all right. 
I'm sorry. <sighs> Cheers. And, like, Nilcat, I think, sinks back a little bit, realising how <laughs> earnest he's been, and, like, drinks himself. You said about the Swifts. Some of them are dead, do you know that? I, I think so, but we need to know if they know who I am. I think Nilcat sighs and says, Right, seems the best thing you can do is lay low. We'll be here tonight, and then, well, once we get an idea of where Orkin is, maybe being in a cut will keep you away from the people looking for you. And I think Nilcat starts rooting out. I'll, I'll go get you a blanket. You stay here, finish finish that bottle if you want. Have a good night's sleep, and I'll, I'll see what I can do about things. I think uh, Ezra takes a, a pouch out of their clothes somewhere and kind of pushes it in Nilcat, and he's like, I had a bit of coin put away just in case in case of this if it helps take it um while you're out could you fetch a doctor <laughs> and then i think ezra passes out <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect and that's my two downtime actions those are reducing heat and being tended to right Yes, I would like to reduce heat, and I would like to have a wound healed. Okay, so let's just go through for the entanglement first and do these in order. So the entanglement is, you can pay them off with coin equal to your wanted level plus three, so that would cost seven coin. No, no, five, sorry. Yeah, so I have four, if anyone would mind me taking one from the crew. Say your piece. Do it, definitely. Cool. So I think we see Nilcat part on his coat and disappear into night, and I think we can presume that he's paying the right people off. Is this also your reduced heat action? Yes. Okay. So the way that works is you say what your character does to reduce the heat and make an action roll. So what would you like to roll here? Uh, um, what, what makes sense, do we think? With Nilcat, it could be consort, I guess. But... Feels like it's a consort, right? Yeah. Because I think it's not necessarily just Nilcat that I'm asking. I think Nilcat is my point of contact, but through him it will go to other people. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And you get plus 1d if a friend or contact helps you. So you get to roll three dice. The four's good. The four's good. Yeah, so on a four you reduce heat by two. You can spend a coin to increase that to three if you want to, but you don't have to. Uh, it depends if people want to spend another coin or not. I'm probably going to do something similar, so... Okay, so we'll just reduce for two, was it? Yeah. Uh, the thing that's worth saying is that you can spend rep to get additional downtime actions, and because your rep is full, you pretty much should spend rep to take additional actions, because you're going to gain some from the next score. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. But you can't use rep to boost stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's spend a bunch of rep to reduce a lot of heat. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to spend a coin to increase the effect to free, you can do. And then you said you wanted to have some medical attention? Oh, God, yes, please. What was the healer that we found last time? Was it a tier one healer? Yes, it was Nia's contact from the university. Indeed. Yeah, I think it, if you want to still go with that contact, you can. 
you can obviously try to acquire an asset to have a better contact, but I'm happy to just keep that contact for now. Yeah, I like the idea that maybe we just kind of brought this person on as a general doctor contact for the maybes. Yeah. Rather than us specifically. Yeah, that makes sense. So I imagine Nilcat comes back after a few hours. It's dawn by this time. Maybe Nilcat's house has one circular window on the door, so there's like pale grey light filtering in through there. Are, are you awake when he comes back? Uh, no. I think Ezra probably was up most of the night and is now pretty out of it. Yeah. So I think Nilcat brings back a doctor and wakes you up and is like, where does it hurt? I I will remove my shirt to reveal the enormous frog bite I'm now sporting. <laughs> okay. When you make a healing roll, you roll equal to the quality level of the NPC. I think we it's quality level one, so you get to roll 1d6. Oh yeah, that's a five. So on a five, you get to mark two segments of your healing clock. You could spend coin to increase those. One coin to make it three segments, or two coin to make it five. Okay, well then, I have now spent all my money, but I am healed. Cool, and you'll leave one clock left. Okay, so when you fill your healing clock, you reduce each instance of harm by one level, and then you clear your clock. So you'll reduce Lightheaded and Shook, they are gone. And the level two one was Bitten. Yeah, so I might, let's just drop that down to Bruised. Cool. Is there anything else you wanted to do? Did you want to... I was going to say, did you want to clear stress, but you don't have any. Did we want to talk about that at all? So, for the traumas, there are eight in Blades in the Dark. So the, the eight that are there are cold, haunted, obsessed, paranoid, reckless, soft, unstable, and vicious. I feel like it, it came out a little bit in that conversation there. I think we talked about it off-screen, and what kind of made sense between the pair of us was... Ezra's kind of increasing sense of responsibility for the for the maybes. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we are phrasing that, but yeah, because it's not quite obsessed or soft. I don't think like burdened or protective or something like that makes sense. Yeah, I think protective maybe works. Yeah, okay, let's go for that. And is that all of your downtime activity? Yep, I am going to sit in a blanket for <laughs> just a long while. Yeah, I imagine while stuff is happening around you. Nilcat comes and goes. There's probably moments where we see where Nilcat brings someone back and you have a conversation between the three of you planning out what to do next and the doctors here every now and again and kind of fade out from there. Who would like to go next? I'm happy to. Okay, so what is Ivar doing for his downtime? I don't know whether this is framed directly after your score or whether you've had a day or two because I don't necessarily know that the scores are on the same day. I feel like ours was a ours was a night do, wasn't it? Yeah. So maybe it's like the morning after. Okay. And what is Ivar doing? Um. So Ivar's in Tail's End, and I think that he's realised that he's not going to be around Tail's End for a while after this, because there's going to be a lot of heat coming off the back of this. Yeah. He's probably going to need to either be on the run somewhere or. Hiding out with the other maybe is something like that. That makes sense. I think there's an interesting thing in that Tails End is not exactly a legal occupancy. It's definitely ghost squatters in the city's eyes, but I still imagine you don't want to draw additional heat there. 
there's a difference between this is a town that shouldn't be here versus this is a town that is harboring criminals that are acting against us. Yeah, for sure. And I think Ivar's plans are deputize somebody to look <laughs> after Tail's End. Okay, I like it. And then seek out a doctor on the way to the, the Jubilee. And what activities? I, obviously the doctor is being healed. What, what activity is the deputize? I think that's a, a de-stress. Okay. A, a sort of, I, I'm deputizing somebody to take the stress of looking after Tail's End off my back sort of thing. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, do you have an idea of who you want to deputize? I think that Ivar would have had, you know, a, a long chat with Trilvo and to see who she thought was maybe one of the better ones at Tail's End. Okay. So, like, I think the three ghosts we've had on screen have been Trilvo, you, and Artelish, who was the person who helped with your class stuff. Yeah. And Artelish hasn't been around for long, so I don't know whether it should it should be Artelish or not. I'm happy with it to be somebody new. Okay. That we might have not seen on screen so far. Yeah. I think I have an idea for somebody. Okay, yeah. Who are you thinking? Uh, I think uh, they're called Cyrus. Okay. And um, they are they-them pronouns. I think that Ivar and them bonded over both being from Gallants. So is this, do you want to have the scene with you deputising Cyrus? Uh, yeah, I think so. Or even just explaining to them what they've got to do. Yeah. Not just walking up to them going, here's your badge and your gun. <laughs> Time to clock on, sort of thing. Yeah, I like the idea of, with Cyrus also being from Gallants, maybe Cyrus is just like loads of fishing or something like that, does stuff with boats. So maybe you get them coming back off of the docks. That sounds nice, actually. Yeah, mooring up at Tail's End, and then I think they clock you like right away, but then spend a little bit of time just doing what they were doing. I think unloading some stuff and tying the ropes and stuff, and then walk over to you, and they nod and like, Ivar. It's good to uh, good to see you, Cyrus. Uh... Is this to go over the last of the the details? Well, I I I think it's time. Probably got to be out to Tail's End for a while, and uh, I think someone's going to have to take care of everyone here, you know? That's fair. Are you sure it should be me, though? Well, I, uh, I can't think of anyone else that... Uh... That can shoot a gun as well as you can. Better than you can. Well, I wouldn't go that far now. Uh, but I was going to say that everyone looks up to, you know? Well, it helps that I'm this tall, I guess. Just... Don't let them push you around, and if you have any big trouble, you get Trilvo down there and she'll sort them right out. Are you sure you need me if Trilvo's going to be around? You know what it's like. You can't be bothering Trilvo all the time. Sometimes even she needs a break, you know? No, I'm happy to take this all on, obviously. It's just the thought of stepping into your boots. Well, I've got my capabilities and you've got yours. You're going to be back, right? course I will, man. I'm not going to leave you all to the fun by yourself. And soon. Well, I don't know about that, but I'll, I'll make it as quick as I can, you know. Okay, I'll, I'll try to keep everything together for you. Is there anything I should be on the lookout for? 
Well, if anyone comes asking for me, tell him, tell him I disappeared or something. I don't know. And if the lanterns come, what do we do then? And I think you know of the lanterns as the organization in Embrace that I think theoretically they're meant to keep ghosts in check. Like if if a ghost is acting up, that they are there to deal with them. But I think in reality they are not very discriminate in using force against ghosts. And Tales End has been almost an embarrassment to them for quite a while. Will you fight? And if you don't think you can handle it by yourselves, you guess some of the maybes involved. That's the reason I'm in with them, is that they'll fight for us as well as we fight for the city. I hope you're right. Uh, do you want to make your roll? Yes. Okay, so... For the, we'll do the stress one first. Yeah, yeah. So you roll your lowest out of insight prowess and resolve, and you take the highest dice from your drain. So you'll roll your insight, which is two dice. A five. So you take five from your stress. Nice. I think on a five, I think you leave that conversation feeling pretty pretty confident in Cyrus. They they seem to have a level head on their shoulders. Come back soon, yeah? I think we'll need you around. Oh, I wouldn't miss it, man. I'll be back, don't you worry. How do we end this scene? Do you, do you hug? Do you just walk away? <laughs> Is there a handshake? No, I think it's uh, much more a uh, tip of the hat and then off out of town sort of thing. We get this nice, long, lingering shot of the back of Ivar as he walks out of Tail's End. And I think one, one, one eye sort of peeps up over his shoulder just to see if Cyrus is still looking or not, and then off he goes. I think Cyrus has turned back to their boat. I like the idea that maybe Cyrus's tail is they're always, as they move, almost like splashing water everywhere. Oh, that's nice. I had written one down, but I think that's nicer. Oh, what was yours? That their skin is slightly transparent. Ooh. Like water skin. Yeah, that's really good. You can almost see the liquid swirling underneath their skin. Okay, and you also said that you wanted to recover? Yes. Yeah, I just want to see a doctor about my sizzle. Yeah. Is there a ghost doctor in Tales End? Yeah, you know what? Yes, why not? I'm sure that must be, right? <laughs> I like the idea that maybe Trilvo is this. Like, she feels like the sort of person who is good at tending to ghosts, and maybe that's part of what has drawn people together here. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. It's almost like a flashback to the night before when you're talking to her about who you're choosing, and Trilvo is is helping to reduce the sizzled. I always forget who Trilvo is on screen. I don't know if we've actually described her at any point. Yeah, we have. She's like a very large lady, like as tall as she is wide sort of thing. And like really uh, like the matriarch of town. She's like the godmother sort of thing. Okay. Would you like to make your roll? Yes. So I've clicked healing. And what is my number of dice? How do I decide that? Um, I think we've just got one for the crew at the minute. 
Because I think that's what you got for your acquire asset. Uh, one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I definitely think Trilvo is a better doctor than that, but I think part of the issue here is not having supply. So if you fix that later on, you could have higher healing dice. Can I pay to make this better or anything? Yeah, so on a one, you heal one tier, or you tick one clock segment. You could pay a coin to make that into two. I would like to do that. I'm no longer sizzled. Is there anything else you'd like to do while we're here, or is that everything? That's it, I think. Okay. I'm on the run. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, who would like to go next? I'm happy to go next. Cool. So what does downtime look like for Nia? Well, I basically... Like, there's two things that mechanically I want to do. Okay. Uh, and that's make Nia's kind of informant web a reality, like a real thing. Yep. Um, and maybe get rid of some stress. But what I think Nia wants to do, which still involves those two things, is probably go to Elif mm -hmm. and shout some emotions. <laughs> Um, and then maybe get some advice on how to semi-radicalize all of Nia's friends. Trying to find a way to, like, over the course of a couple letters back and forth, mm. figure out who might be sympathetic. That makes sense. So should we jump to the scene with Elif? Where are you meeting her? Probably just barging into her work and okay. then just sitting in a corner sulking until she's done. <laughs> okay. I think as you as you arrive, Elif is showing someone around this warehouse, a potential buyer or something like that, and is showing them different fabrics. And I think she clocks you as you walk in, but continues showing this this customer around. I think Nia will in the most performative way ever, look at things nearby. Like, not quite right on the tails, but, like, just, like, really moodily look at some crystals and then, like, agitated, look at some silk velvet or just no, no rhyme or reason, just <laughs> grabbing things. So, yes, as I, as I was saying, you can do this in any colour that you like. And yeah, I think Elif is still talking to this person. It's probably been five minutes now. I think the person is asking a lot of questions. Nia's tried very hard to be patient. It's been five minutes. That seems reasonable. I think Nia's just going to grab some random fabric and walk over. Okay. And just go, um, excuse me, like, I really need some help with this um calico for a, a big order i'm doing can i can i just steal you away for a couple questions please I, I i i'm sorry i i i am with this assistant at the minute you'll have to find your own i mean you've looked at like 20 different things like not like i don't what are you even making i am a representative of the guild of tailoring I am part of Galen and Sibling's Emporium over in Limbuswart. I am one of the premier buyers of fabrics in this city. 
please go and find your own assistant. Then why are you asking so many questions? Like you, like that brocade you were looking at was like not even the best brocade there. Like I don't understand. You should know better. I think this person just does a big harumph and turns to Elif and is like, "I'm sorry. Do you always allow your personal customers to treat your business customers this way?" And Elif, I think Elif is trying not to just snigger. And I think this person sees that and just sort of loses it and storms away. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, But also not. They were terrible. It's okay. They'll they'll be back. I mean, where else are they going to go? You're the best. Why are you here? What what, what do you need? And I think Elif starts to lead you towards the staff room. It might be longer than a break. I may have gotten in over my head. When has that not been true? Okay, but like, I don't know that I've actually like really told you what's happened in a bit. Um, like, when can we talk for like a while? Come and meet me after my shift. Okay, I'm, well, I'm, I'm just going to stay here because I don't think I should be going places right at the moment. I'll just be back by the crystals. Wait, wait, it, 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 it's okay. Elif, like, walks out and then comes back a moment later, I think, limping. And it's like, it's, it's all right, I, 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 I told my boss I was injured. I've got the rest of the day off. You seem like you need it. Let's go. Thanks, Elif. And I think as soon as you're away from the building, the limp stops. <laughs> I think we get this image of you both sat by one of Embrace's canals. Maybe near the bridge coming in from the other side, from the eastern side. Maybe eating some food. So what do you want to talk about? What do you tell her about? I think everything. Okay. Is this just an unloading? Yeah, just like a shouting of emotions of like all of the things from the whole Oaken thing to, like, even things like, like, especially a bit about, like, how, like, Crick used the maybe as a smokescreen and then the awkwardness with Venel of, like, Nia thought this person would be, would understand. Mm. I don't know why. There was absolutely no reason for Venel to understand. (laughs) um, And then the fear of what that could do to Nia. Okay. This sounds like it's time to make that roll and see how this all goes. Okay. So that's a four, so you get to clear four stress. Phew. So yeah, I think that goes pretty well. I think I think it's I don't think you get a moment of necessarily like conclusion or fulfillment, but you do manage to just let off some steam for a bit, and I think Elif is mainly happy to just sit and listen. Good. And for your other activity, you wanted to do some letters? Yeah. Um, yeah, just basically contacting everyone with kind of a series of a couple of letters to try and figure out who is going to be of actual help and who to not tell everything to. So, like, the people that you can trick into helping you versus the people who you can trust to some degree. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what Nia's learned from the last score, is they can't assume 
everyone is part of the revolution. Do you have an idea of what it is you do to get this? Or If I was going to invent something, um, yeah. it would be like the first letter would have a couple of like small leads of could be innocent questions to see how people yeah. react to that. And if they react positively, then it kind of gets further and further, pushing them a little bit, but trying to be as innocent about it as possible so that Nick could deny it. Yeah, giving them bait to respond to. Yeah. And it's not necessarily about opening yourself up to anything. It's like, okay, if I discuss this news item, this is something that will get people to respond strongly one way or the other. Yeah. So this sounds like a long-term project. Yes. When you work on a long-term project, you describe what your character does to advance the project clock and roll one of your actions. So you will create a clock. Um, I think this is maybe a six-step clock. Okay. Because I feel like your the outcome here is probably pretty, pretty high and probably takes a little while. So yeah, so uh, you would have to mark all six steps to complete the project, and you're saying what you're doing now, which is sending some almost like testing letters. And part of why um, Nia went to Elif is because Elif was the one that got Sem into the, like, the maybe to begin with. Yeah. So hoping that she'd be able to advise how to bring someone like Nia because Nia's no idea how that happened. <laughs> it just kind of did. Yeah, yeah. So what would you like to roll? I was going to kind of go with Sway, but I could be convinced that it's Consort. But I was going to go with Sway because the letters are actually deceptions. Yeah, they're not really the true meaning behind the letter at all. Yeah, I think Sway is totally fair for this. Because we've seen you using consort in this way in the past, it's not necessarily about establishing contact, it's about then being able to manipulate people and read people. So you get to roll those two dice. Plus one because Elif's helping? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think you should usually use the same friend twice, but I'm happy to in this case. Oh, what? Oh. Wow. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wow. triple ones? <laughs> it's a one and a one and a one. <laughs> That is, that's, that's quite a roll. Good job. Wow. Well done. Thanks. Just have to screenshot this. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. So on a one, you get to mark one segment. You can spend coin to increase that effect as well. So one coin would get you to two segments. Two coins would get you to three segments. Three coins would get you to critical, which is five segments. So if you want to spend some coin on this, you can. Okay. Um... I mean, if you spend something like two coin, that would give you three segments. Would you be halfway full? Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. So you fill it halfway, and yeah, you get to continue it next time. So what does that look like? Is that you starting to initially filter out some of these people? Yeah, I think it's like the f like kind of like the first round of these are the people who are completely unsympathetic and would need to be tricked and not be told what's actually going on. And these are the people who have minor sympathies. And then the yeah. rest of the project would be with those minor sympathies, like figuring out what levels those are. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. And did you want to do anything else in your downtime? 
Um, since it doesn't make sense to do the long-term project again, then I probably wouldn't do anything else. Yeah. So we're going to Ash. Alrighty then. Um, I would like to do a reduce heat. Sure. But I think I'd also I'd like to spend rep to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because we're full up, we might as well use it on something. And to do that, this is probably a bad idea, but no one's around to stop me. I'm going to start a rumour that um, the Umbral Provenders are working with the Revolution. Okay. Just, just to mess with them, just to sow a bit of confusion. I guess my question here is less, what's the rumour, uh, more, how does Ash go about spreading this rumour? Ash has got a lot of friends in the Runners and the uh, Dodgers knows a lot of people um, and basically tells them, sort of makes sure that they, they're going to spread it around a bit. Okay. Um, so is that a sway? Can I call that a sway? I mean, if it's going for your connections, I think it's more consort than sway. Okay. I think sway would be you literally going to the pub yourself. And telling people. Yeah, okay. Alright, let's go consult then. It's a four. That's not bad. That's alright, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on a four, you reduce two heat, and you can, of course, spend coin to increase it if you wanted to. Um, no, I think we should be hanging on to coin for the uh, for getting ourselves leveled up, maybe. Yeah, I think you've got much more of a supply of rep than you do coin at the minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the other things I want to do is a bit of a long-term project. So when Ash gets home from this this job, I think he just kind of sits there staring at the the map for a while. Okay. Trying not to think about anything at all. Is this uh, advancing the long-term project you started before, the finding a cut through to Jackal's compound, or is this something new? Yeah, this is that. Um, it's It's kind of something that's eluded him for ages like it's one of the few places in the city that it's not fairly obvious how you get in yeah um because it, it just shifts more than other places and he's it's trying to find the patterns in the shifting as much as trying to find a route and maybe it is a little bit like what you saw with the minister's mansion where there's almost like grit and impurities in the bismuth around the jackal's compound and maybe part of it is going like why why is this like that and seeing whether you can draw some kind of connection mm-hmm. um so i think that's an attune yeah sounds like it that's yeah, a three damn it so you get to mark one segment we have established that it's difficult to do you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it just that you draw that connection between the two places there seems to be like a similar influence going on between them because I think we as players know that Khan Nimdaker is still around from the Skeletons episode, the founder of the Jackals. So maybe there's a similar influence protecting that compound, but it doesn't look exactly the same, but is enough to throw Ash off. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely going to, like, as you sort of realises that there's this this same, like, impurity in the bismuth, mm. um, he definitely draws the connection and it, it that probably puts him off. Like, he probably, like, falls out of his zone a little bit. Yeah. Um and, and it brings him back to everything that's gone on. So he just kinda like chucks the, the bismuth under his bed, stands up and kind of goes downstairs to see if anyone's anyone's about. Yeah. And just try and spend some time with family and cut loose a bit, I guess. 
Okay. What sort of time is it? I think it's late. Um, okay. I definitely think the my my younger two siblings are in bed. Yeah. Um, Who do you think you find? Probably Dalton. Okay. Um, I, I reckon I reckon Mariana's probably gone out for a drink with some friends or something like that. Avery's maybe Avery's putting the 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 the, the kids to bed or something, and Dalton's up just clearing up. Okay, and Dalton is one of the two that sort of runs the shop. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think Dalton is in the middle of making some kind of drink, or I'll just say drinking it. Maybe there's like a a table go, that goes across, cuts across the room, and Dalton is lent on it, just sipping from the mug. Uh, hey, do you want any? I, there's there's some more in the pot. Oh yeah, yeah. I... Are, are you okay? Um, I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I'm I'm okay, but it's all it's all getting a bit much, you know. I think I might be in a bit of trouble. I think Dalton. I, I I'm now looking at like our shared character sheet because I don't think we've seen Dalton on screen before, and I was just seeing what Dalton looks like and what they're like. And I think you might have put this stuff here. So, did you want to describe what Dalton looks like? Yeah. Um. So, Dalton's quite a large chap. Uh, he him. Uh, very heavy build, um, but with quite slow, careful hands. He moves very, very deliberately. Um, he's got tanned, dark skin with like plates or like scales all over his head and running down his back and on his chest and outside of his arms. And it says here that he's slow to express emotions, can seem cold, and thinks carefully before speaking. <laughs> That's my dad. That's your dad. So I think Dalton stares down into his mug for a moment or two and then. What kind of trouble? I'm not sure. Um, I've I, I've been trying to help, you know, trying to you know fight back, do do something to help people, but it always seems to go wrong a bit. What do you mean by fight back? Against against the bloody nim shifts and stars, all all of them, the swifts and everyone who's trying to ruin the place. Just do something, you know? I think Dalton takes a long, heavy breath. I always expected I'd have a conversation like this with Aelin. Not you. And should we make a roll? Should we see how this goes? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. (laughs) Oh, that's not good. That's a two. Yeah, I think Dalton places both of his hands on the table. And how do you think he reacts here? Does he react by basically telling you to stop or by just pretending not to hear? Or is it that this conversation gets interrupted? That's the point, actually. If 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 Avery showed up about now, I'd probably have to start being a lot more cagey mm. and just wouldn't be able to talk about Galena. You say if Avery turns up, what if Galena turns up? Oh no, no. Yes! <laughs> I mean, if you want to, go for it. Yeah, I think as you're talking to Dalton, Dalton kind of draws himself up and as if to say something, and then there's just a gentle knock on the door. I think it's very light. Ash kind of starts. I, th- I think, like, especially in Atrium, this is the sort of place where you just kind of 
people just walk into houses. I think a moment later, the door opens and, yeah, Galena walks in. I think she is wearing quite simple clothes, quite stark, dark colours. And her face, and this is the first thing you notice, Ash, is burnt on one side. There's maybe still bandaging wrapped around it. I think Ash is just frozen with his sort of mouth slightly open, eyes wide and just absolute terror. Hi, I'm here to drop something off for for Avery. And then notices that you're here and it's like, Oh, Ash, how are you? Um... Um, good, thanks. How how are you? I think all the while she's taking like slow, considered steps up to up to the counter, backing away. <laughs> uh. Um, what what's wrong with your face? I think Dalton says. Oh, I just had a little bit of an accident, and I think she looks very pointedly at you at that moment. Um. Yeah, that that looks that looks bad. Uh, are, are, are you gonna are you gonna be okay? It's just a misunderstanding with a customer. It might leave a scar, oh. but I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. And she places an item on the counter. I think it's I think it's maybe like a small box with a ribbon on it. Dalton, Avery said that you'd finished working on the dress that I asked you to make some modifications to. Would you mind fetching it? And I think Dalton makes to leave the room. What does Ash do? Just like panicked, looks looks after him, but just doesn't know how to get him to stay. So just sort of like eyes darting between the two of them as Dalton walks out. <laughs> Galena leans on the counter. You will pay for this. And she takes off the dressing and shows you the very burnt face underneath. If you weren't family, you would already be dead. And if you weren't family, I would have told the jackals what I saw down there. She steps round the counter and starts walking towards you. I'm backing around to the other side of it constantly. Just... <laughs> I think it's like closed on one end, maybe. Yeah, okay. I like the idea of you just backing up towards the wall. Mm -hmm. I think as as you reach the wall, she grabs you with one hand and like pins you to it. You will not ask any more questions about what you saw down there. You will not mention a word of it to anyone. If your loose tongue ruins my plans, you will be dead, blood or not. And I think at that Dalton walks back in and she just kind of, she quickly lets you down and like wraps a hug around you. Um, just sort of pat her on the back. It's, yeah, it's going to be okay. She takes her dress off Dalton and starts to walk out the shop and is like, it was so lovely to see you both. We, we should have another family dinner soon. At... At my place this time, though. And she, like, draws her finger across across some of one of the surface and, like, brings up dust, and she tuts and walks out the shop. Did you still want to talk, Ash? Um, no, I I think, I think I'm going to get some sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm here if you need me. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Thanks. 
I think that's that scene. I think, yeah. I think that scene, yeah. Cool. What a good scene. That was awful. <laughs> I can't believe you did that to me. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ash. I mean, she doesn't like this side of the family is the thing. No, absolutely not. As far as she's concerned, Avery's, Avery's sort of slumming it. Mm. So, Wow. Okay. <laughs> Rest in peace, Ash. We'll miss you. <laughs> oh. Is there anything else you'd like to do? I mean, obviously I'd like to get rid of more stress, but that's not something I can reasonably do. I could go and hang out with Aelin and Mara. Yeah. They're going to be people who, A, know what, know what I'm about, so I don't have to hide, and B, we've just done something good for them. Yeah. So that might actually be a bit, a bit more pleasant. Have the conversation that you wanted to have with your dad, with them. Yeah. I reckon Ash goes upstairs, tosses and turns for a bit, can't sleep, jumps back out the window and goes to hang out with them for the, for the rest of the evening. That makes sense. Do you want to make your indulge rice roll? Yeah, go on then. Oh my days, that's just a one. Oh. <laughs> I'm doing really badly at this. That is just oh. a one. So, so why doesn't this work? I reckon they're busy. They're, they're not in, I can't get to them, so I walk all the way across the city to, to meet them, and I, they're just not there. Oh no. And I have to walk back home. Uh, Ash is having the worst time. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. So let, let's, let, let, let's cut to somebody who's having an even worse day than Ash. Huh. Hey, Beck. Yeah, Oaken, you're last up. Yeah. So I think where we left Oaken is he was being pulled into the cut. And I think my idea for this is that it is Mel who has done this. Mel and Soka, whichever whichever name you want to apply, I guess Mel is the general entity. Um, yeah. I think there are a couple of ways of framing your downtime. Like, one of them is that you just wake up in a room or, like, a location you don't really know, and we do your downtime from there. The other that this is that this is you slipping through time in the way Oaken does, and we just save the waking up till next episode. Yeah, I think, I think I'd like to spend some time in the cut. Mm. Well, we'll have time to explore wherever I end up later. So it's just this just Oaken having those relict dreams again? Yeah, I imagine it. So the, the cut is a physical place as well, right? Yeah, it's a physical place in the sense that it's a place you can walk around. It's made out of spirit, I guess, but that doesn't stop it from being physical so there are walls there are buildings there are all of those things i think i think in my head i imagined oaken in this kind of empty transition space mm. so almost like an, an endless corridor that goes all directions at once oh i like that so like everywhere you look there are still walls but it's still kind of going everywhere yeah <laughs> okay no that's very good and what downtime activities did you want to do? I guess that's going to frame what this is like. The first thing I would like to do is to heal somehow, because Oaken is stunned, winded, and disconnected at the moment. Yeah. I think there are a couple of options here. It, it could be that this liminal space you're in is Oaken's sort of dreaming, and maybe his body is with Mel, and Mel is healing Oaken at the same time. Or it could be that this space itself is healing you somehow. Ooh. I think so. In my 
leveling up, I got a new ability, mm. which is Ghost Fighter from the Cutters playbook. Yep. And that's, uh, I'll read out the text, but it says, you may imbue your hands, melee weapons or tools with spirit energy. You gain potency in combat versus the supernatural, and you can grapple with spirits to restrain and capture them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that as loose guidance. <laughs> okay. What I imagined that to be was Mal making a third arm for Oaken. Ooh, I like that. So he could have his third arm back. Yeah. And obviously, it's it's not mechanical anymore, so he doesn't have as much control. So he needs to really. He needs Mel's help to move it. Yeah. So if it's not mechanical, what is it? Okay. In my head, it's like this translucent, sticky honey arm. (laughs) Amazing. I love it. It's like, you know when Mel covered Soka? Yeah. In honey? It's like the same kind of honey. Mm. And it can get a bit more brittle, you know, so it's... So he doesn't have to change clothes constantly, because <laughs> that would be really annoying. Uh, but. Okay, uh, would you like to make your recover roll then? So you get to roll, let's say this is two dice if Mel is helping you out here. Woo! Nice, so on a six you get to mark three segments of your healing clock. Oh, oh that's good, because I only had one out of four. <laughs> Just perfect. <laughs> Anything less! Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you could spend coin to make that five and half halfway fill your next clock if you wanted, but you don't have to. Nee. Okay, so that means you get to get rid of Winded and Disconnected. Nice. And your stunned drops down to a level one. What was your stunned from? It was either from the frogs or, like, the very first fight, maybe. God. Yeah, your healing rolls as a crew have not been going well. So I think... What does what does stunned become? Confused. Yeah, confused is quite good. <laughs> I, I feel like Oaken was that already. It, it fits with where Oaken is, I think. I think it becomes confused. Just a slight, not quite knowing what's going on. Yeah, slightly out of it. <laughs> and what is your other downtime action? So, my other downtime action, I'm going to work on my long-term project, which is getting in touch with Mal. Which you're three out of four with, so I don't think you necessarily need to roll here, but I'm imagining this is what being in this corridor is right now. Yeah. Being in the strange space. So maybe, what are you using to roll here? Because I think, let's roll it and use that to paint the scene. Okay. And I guess the higher it is, the more sense it will make to Oaken. I think I'd like to use... A tune. Okay, and that, that makes does sense. Feel fitting. Yeah. Got a five and a two. Yeah, so on a five you'd get to fill two clock segments. So you get to do it and I imagine this is sort of quite good for you. So yeah, when you finish your long term project, you get to say what happens. So obviously we've definitely put you in a place where you are talking with Mel in a physical sense. Yeah. What what happens beyond that? Did we want to paint this through the dream, or did you did we want to say other stuff first? Oh, um, I guess 
what I had in my mind is because it's Mel pulling Oaken through this space, Mel is the space. Mm. And it's yep. almost like Oaken is going through these dreams and Mel is the dream itself talking to him as he goes through them. Yeah. And like kind of, you know, inhabiting different characters or or colours or shapes in the dream and moving alongside him. I like the idea that this space is this weird mix between the cut and its bismuth geography. And then another moment it looks like almost like a beehive. And then another oh. moment it looks like the inside of Relic's discarded shell. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like a really fractal kind of space. Yeah. It's it's like very definitely very confusing to be within. And yeah, so I think the thing you get from this clock most definitely is you're able to just contact Mel as you like. So in the future you have established this contact regardless of distance between you. Do you have a sense of what Mel is communicating? To you, or I don't. I, I don't know. I've been thinking about this actually a bit because Mel obviously was not relict, but I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of always assumed that Mel had been pushing Oaken to make change, but that would be yeah. Mel completely going rogue from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we last saw Mel through Soka's body, Soka was talking about wanting to take this city back, that this city is a kind of void. And I think maybe what Mel is communicating here is almost reaffirming that. Mm. Mel is showing you flashes of what she has been doing while you have been asleep. And I think there's almost like a very human way that we'd imagine this of like going like, oh, I did this and I did that. But I think actually Mel is showing you for a lot of abstracted forms. Yes. Yeah. I think what she's doing a lot of is showing me the feelings of yeah. the world around and the city itself. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's like she'll show you the feeling of a meeting she had with someone. She'll show you the smell of what happened when she turned another person into honey yeah yeah i think even even just things like showing me the creek in the old buildings that have been there since before oakham was born and a lot yeah. of the like a lot of humanizing non-human bits of the city as well yes yeah and i like the idea that to show you the time you're walking all of this while, getting tireder and tireder, and it's almost a too long period of time. It's like you've been walking for days. Yeah. But you definitely haven't been. This is good. I'm really into this. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like the idea of Mel just preserving random stuff oh. rather than being focused. That's a nice way of putting it as well as Mel preserving these moments in time. Yeah. It, it's almost like a collector is showing you stuff. Yes. Both stuff that she has done and both stuff that she has found that is interesting in the city. And I think there's like so much noise and so much information here, it's hard to work out exactly what has happened, but you, you manage to get that gist. Yeah. And I think Mel has spent the time from when she saw you as Soka till now preparing, slowly creeping 
closer and closer to making an assault on the city in order to try and take it back. I think to you she maybe presents this as almost healing the city, that this is a wound, the city is a wound because there's no remnants here. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you promised her your help and that's why she's brought you here. It's almost time to strike. And I think as you walk through this place that is shell and is honeycomb and is bismuth, Mel starts to become drowned out. I think half of what drowns her out is there's a buzzing, like the buzzing of bees growing louder and louder and louder. And under that, and I think you only notice it because you've heard it before. You only notice it because part of your body remembers this from the first time that you ate from Odella's heart. You can hear a slow heartbeat of Rodella. And then, for the second time, we close on a shot of Oaken's face as he wakes up. And we see the warm light that settles on him. <laughs>